Shalom Rach, welcome everyone. Continue with Mishnah and Simon Sadi Zayin Sif Aleph, Shir number 243, chapter 97. A person has to be careful not to burp and not to yawn during davening. And what should a person do if he is yawning during davening? Uh, I just want to point out, sometimes we don't realize we are not in the presence of our own living room and sometimes a person does yawn and he has to be careful not to make that loud sound that everybody hears him yawning. I'm not going to demonstrate, that's not appropriate, but we have to realize we're in shul. I'm not even talking during Shmona Esra, I'm just saying in, in the shul, if a person has to yawn because he's exhausted, he's very tired, okay, you have to yawn. Of course, we're going to learn to cover your mouth, but the, the sound of the yawning should really, it sounds obvious, right? Like, do we have to say that you shouldn't make, but it happens. People are doing that. People in, in a shul, and it's a very negative connotation. It's like, oh, like, yawning is like, okay, I have to be here, right? And and I'll, I'll just deal with the situation. That's not the way we should have the 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 mindset and expression. Says the Mechavah Sif Aleph, Lo yigahik moitzi migufoi lepiv nefichu mitoich sovoi. So the explanation of Yigaik means that a person should not let out a sound, a nefiha, an air, that expresses that he is full. In the old days, they say what? That when a person would burp, it would be a compliment to the hostess. Don't try it anymore. Okay? <laughs> now, that's the first part. The next part is, V'lo yifahik. What does it mean, yifahik? P'yiseich piv, you open your mouth, L'hoitzi ruach hapet, to express and get out the air, which means a yawn. That's what yifahik means, a yawn. So don't do this while you're davening Shemonezrei. If you have no choice, and the yawn just comes because you're exhausted, and your body needs to yawn, Yaniach yodo piv, put your hand on your mouth, Shalai teirop, psichoso, so you don't, advertise how many cavities you have. Okay? So you don't show everybody your mouth. Be careful not to put your hand on your chin during davening because that's like an expression of gaiva, like arrogance. Mm. You know, like you feel you're so great. Just like we just like we said, you don't want to put your hands down with your hands on your waist. You don't want to daven like this. Or you don't want to daven with your legs cross like that. All these are expressions of gaiva, and that's not the proper mode for a daven in Shemona Esrei. The Mishra says in the bottom of the page, four lines from the bottom. Lefaik mitoich oinis, din de begiyuk. So too, when it comes to a case of a person who is burping, mitoich oinis, like isura. If you burp because it just comes out. Sometimes it happens. So it's not forbidden. It's not osur. And now he's saying that madaloi noktoi. So why didn't the Rama mentioned that you should also cover your mouth if you burp. He could be explained. It could be you're not obligated to put your hand on your mouth if you burp. Your mouth is not open for such a long time if a person burps. And it's a short amount of time. It's supposed to a yawn. It's just not appropriate. If a person has to yawn, we're human beings. And if it comes out during Shemun Esrei, try to avoid it. But if you care, if you have to, cover your mouth. And when you do that, you have to try to create this image that you're in front of Hashem. And that's why it's not appropriate. Because you don't want to advertise, I'll open your mouth like that. 
But then we said, don't put your hand on your chin. Maybe it means like the bottom part of your of your like throat over here, because he says here it looks like it's gaiva. So I am not a chazan, but apparently chazanim would put their hand on their chin. Drew, you know you know music stuff, right? What they put their hand on their chin like this? Yeah. They do that to try to get the right sounds. Is that is over here? That's what they do. Or, or is it down here, like oh, like that? Yeah, I think down here. Oh, down by the throat. Right. Yeah, so that's what might, it might be like that. So if you're a chazan, you're doing that to get the right sounds out. That's mutter. That's permissible. They're not intending to show arrogance. They want to make the sound more beautiful and sweet. But if it's not in the time of a zemer, it's not at the time of uh, singing, then it would be also to put one's hand on his chin or neck, uh, whatever the expression of um, arrogance might be. So Halacha Aleph, to review, is telling us we should not, we should try to avoid burping or yawning during Shemun Esrei, and if we do have to yawn, we should make sure to cover our mouth. Sif Beis, Osloi Lorik. Now, Sif Beis is going to sound very... Um, I don't want to say it. disgusting, because it's disgusting here, spitting during davening. We should not spit during davening, okay? Now, in those days, in the old days, they didn't have tissues. Little thing like a tissue, we have to appreciate. I'm not talking about the thick, cushy ones that they make with the lotion inside. <laughs> We're not getting that far. Just a basic tissue. We have to appreciate. They didn't have those. So your middle of Shemana Esrei, he says you should not be spitting. And if you can't avoid it, you put the spit in your garment, but not externally that is visible, something internally. In other words, you cover it up. You spit it inside of your clothing. That's what I'm talking about, the, we'll call it the disgusting part. Okay? That it should not be visible to someone else. If a person is fastidious, is very particular, which I think most of us are in this regard, in this topic. So, he can't bear to see something which is disgusting. And you can't bear the fact to have the, 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 the phlegm, the spit, in your clothing. So he says, throw it behind you. Now, let's be careful. If there's someone behind you, don't throw it behind him. I see Tzemach over there, so he's like covering his face on this one. He's like, he's like, what are we doing here? <laughs> okay. So, don't obviously say, oh, I can't deal with this in my mouth and turn around and get rid of it on someone else's shoes. That's obviously disgusting. You're not allowed to do that. He means that no one's behind you. That's what he's talking about. Let's catch up here in the Mishnabrura and then we're going to go to the Ramah. The Mishra says here in Sifkot and Gimel on the previous page, This is how we're discussing it's forbidden to spit during Davin in Shemona Esrei. It also means at the end of Shemona Esrei, before you take your three steps back, you have that paragraph after Sim Shalom of That's also included that we should not be spitting there as well. If you do not take your three steps back, you're still in Shmona Esrei. So don't spit during that time as well. 
If you do not take your three steps back, it's as if you're still standing in front of the king. Now I want to point something out. That being the case, if you didn't take your three steps back, we just said it's like you're standing in front of Hashem. Sometimes you have somebody, let's apply a previous halacha, which is that if someone is still diving behind you, you cannot walk within his daladamus. You can't walk into his seven feet area. So you have to stand and wait until he finishes Shimon Esrei. Now what happens if this person, he's got the wrong sitter, he's down, he has Yom Kippur Mahzah, and he keeps on going, he's going and going, like the marathon Shimon Esrei, and you're just standing there. You can't go into his Shimon Esrei, but you want to daven. So you want to say Ashrei, you want to say Yuvalitzi, you want to say Lametzech, you want to say Oleinu, you can't do that. That's not part of Shimon Esrei. That's what he's telling us over here. Calls man, if you didn't take it three steps back, you cannot say anything else. Now, there is one suggestion that perhaps you can do, and that is to take your steps, as Roshon Zalman and I believe Rechaim, one of them, say that you can go, instead of backwards, you could go to the side. Then you take your three steps back. You're, if, you, if you see that he's really going on for a long time and you want to continue davening, there is room to do that, to go to the side, away from the person. Back, I'm sorry? How big does that have to be? Very good question. We're going to discuss it more later also. This is one foot. I'm showing a finger. Let's say we go heel to toe. Okay, around that area. Take your, you know, but not, not giant steps. So you don't want to go within his seven amos. His, excuse me. Dalad amos is seven feet. Dalad amos is around seven feet. Now, in Sivkot and Dalad, he tells us, So if... It's disgusting to keep it in your mouth. You have to get it out of your mouth. Sometimes you have a postnatal drip and the phlegm just builds up. We're human beings. That's what happens. You're very uncomfortable. It's really going to disturb your, disturb your davening. So he says... So you spit it out. What you do is you do spit it out because you have no choice in this case. And then you should wait before you continue davening the amount of time it takes to walk Dalad Amos, which is how long? Around two, three seconds. Why are you waiting? What are you waiting for? So the Aruch HaShulchan says you're waiting... This shouldn't look like you're spitting and then you're saying words like it's like sometimes when the person spits when he's disgusted with something we, sh- we don't really do this but people do do this it, it shows like this this that they're disgusted by so-and-so and so, or whatever the topic might be and then they spit and say what right so you don't want to show that you don't want to spit and right away say something because it, it looks like you're connecting your spit to the words you're saying so you want to wait a few seconds. There's another reason the Kafachayim says because you might have some res- residue of that spit still in your mouth and you don't want to continue davening when it's still there. You want to just get rid of it first. Okay. Sif cotton hay. And we mentioned that if it's possible to try to spit in your garment to get rid of it, to cover it up, you go and be in your undergarment but in your on your uh, jacket, your shirt that you're diving wearing, that is also because then it's disgusting someone else sees it. 
Then he says that those who would wear a handkerchief, patzelis is a handkerchief. Even though the the phlegm, the spit, is visible, it could be permissible. Why? Since the purpose of the handkerchief is to hold that which you just spit into it. So the first opinion says it's not considered to be in the category of something which is disgusting. Because that's what the handkerchief is for. However, that's the Magin of Ram. However, the other Achreinim write, In this case also, you have to wrap up the, the Roik. You should make sure that, and it applies also to tissues. You don't want to leave tissues visibly, uh, the stuff inside, that it will make people disgusted. Uh, on that note, while we're talking about this, we have to understand also that when a person uses a tissue, he should not leave the dirty tissue on the table. He should not leave dirty tissues on the table. He's, if a person uses the the chumish and the sitter, I'm sorry for having to say this, but it has to be said. If a person uses uh, a sitter, and I'm going to tell you something, I'm sorry it's going to sound disgusting because it is disgusting. I once saw somebody close his sitter, he finished davening, and on the front cover of the sitter was, was all his dirty tissues that he put underneath his sitter. It's disgusting. Besides all the germs that you spread like this, if you want to tell me you're not spreading germs, it's utterly disgusting. Okay? And it's not just me. I see everybody over here is cringing with their forehead. I, I learned how to read foreheads. Okay? And if you go like this with your forehead, it means like, that's awesome, right? <laughs> so, so, Lemaisa, you'll tell me, but, but what should you do with your dirty tissue? Let's say you live in a town with no Eruv. You live in a town with no Eruv. So figure it out. Because if you don't want to put it in your pocket, because then you go out of the house, out of the shul, and then you're carrying. So figure it out. Put it in the garbage. But you know, If you have a cold, come to shul with a little garbage bag and put it in, you know, figure it out. But don't put your dirty tissues on the table. Okay. He says over here, Sif Cotton Vav. He says... So we said a person who can't bear to put it in his clothing because it's disgusting, which was understandable. So then he spits it behind him. Or you can't keep it in your mouth because that's also uncomfortable. Until you swallow it. Or it's a nice garment which you don't want to get dirty and disgusting. That, that, all different reasons he's giving as to why you're going to Get it rid of it from your mouth. And if you tell the person, no, he's going to swallow, he has to swallow it, he's also going to ruin his kavana. And the goal here is to have proper kavana, and this is going to make him disgusted as well. So, therefore, we're giving an explanation is that even though we said, don't spit during Shemona Esrei, these are some exceptions to the rule when you'll be allowed to. Now, in Siv, we go, let's now go to the Ramah. The Ramah is going to discuss a situation as follows. And this is going to be one of the most unique Ramahs you're going to see. Normally, the Ramah states a halacha. That's it. That's his job in the Ramah. Here, the Ramah is going to be like a Gemara. He's going to say that if you have to get rid of the phlegm, spit it to the left side of you. So, then he's going to ask a question on himself of what he just said. He's going to say, one minute. In Simon Kufkov Gimel, in chapter 123, we're going to learn, when you take your three steps back, where do you bow first? To the left side. To the left side. You bow first to the left. So ask the Ramah. The Ramah is going to ask a question. 
if in, in Simon Kufrav Gimel, when you take your three steps back, you bow to the left first. So why did we just say, the line above, that if you have to, you have no choice, you have to spit it out of your mouth, spit to the left side. Isn't Hashem's presence on your left, which is Hashem's right? Isn't that the opposite? So why is he saying to spit to the left? That's his question he's going to ask. And he's going to answer, I'm just saying it outside because it might get a little confusing, so now we know we're going to discuss, and it should be easier. He's going to answer like this. That this that we say that the Shekhin is in front of you, but he doesn't come below, the Hashem's presence, he, capital H, doesn't come below 10 Fachim down. So since he doesn't come below 10 Fachim down, so when you're spitting, you're not spitting Chas Hashem to say like, add Hashem towards Hashem. And why the left, not the right? Because if you have to get rid of it, so you want to give more Chashivas to your right, to your right side. Okay, that's where you're going to the left. But when you're taking your three steps back from Shmoy Esrei, when you're taking three steps back from Shmoy Esrei, so in that case, you're, you're, you're acknowledging Hashem's presence is before you. So that's when you're bowing down, you bow down towards first to the left side. Why the left side? Because your left, you're facing Hashem, as the other side is his right. And that's more Chashav, what's more important. The right, no offense to any lefties. Lefties I always find are actually very smart. My wife's a lefty. <laughs> okay, let's go further. Now let's see the words in the Ramah. He says, if you can't spit it behind you, then then spit it to your left side. But not to the right side. Even more so, in front of you is also to spit right in front of you. Now we ask the question. This that later on in Kufchav Gimel in chapter 123, that we say when you take your three steps back. So you should be bowed down in position. You bow, then you bow towards the left first. Which is the right of Hashem. So why are we saying to spit it out to the left side? Isn't that Hashem where He is, right? The reason. That you're doing that. This is how we say Hashem's presence comes down during Shemun Esrei. It doesn't go below ten fachim. So the understanding is that if a person has to spit out that phlegm from his mouth, he's he, he's he's spitting down to the ground on the left side. But it's not like Chassidim even say the words. It's not like spitting to, towards Hakadosh Baruch right? Is that clear? Okay. That's why the left side. Now what? Why not the right side? If we're saying Hashem's presence is not there, so that he addresses as well. And he says that the Shechina is not literally right there in front of you. Gave more honor and respect to your right. That's why we're saying get rid of it on the left side. But when you take three steps back, a person is distancing himself from the place where he was davening. He's going away from the place where he was davening. And that person was in front of Hashem. The difference between the spitting and the relieving, moving away from the, the Shechina. That's why he gives Shalom first to the left side. And that's because you were connected the min, yemin, the right of Hashem. Okay, that is the Ramah. The Mishnah Brura is going to bring from the Achreinim. Let's take a look over Yosef Kodn Chesentes. 
you should not spit in front of you because we all know when you die, Hashem's presence is in front of you. That's one of the worst things a person can do is to spit in front of him towards the Shechina. If you have to get it out of your mouth and you have no choice, then, and you have to get it in front of you and spit it in front of you, then who would stab it feel like they shouldn't and he's really uncomfortable in his davening if he doesn't get rid of the phlegm, you are permitted to spit it out to the right side and even in front of you. Don't go all the way, just discreetly, discreetly, right? But once again, the truth is in this generation, you get your tissue, you bring it over. Part of getting ready for Shmona Esrei is making sure before you start davening, you have some tissues in front of you. You take a couple of tissues to put in front of you. This, this is this is what we say because if you sneeze, then what are you can do? And you're sniffling the whole time, and you, that's going to ruin your whole kavana, right? So prepare yourself. The same way we're going to see soon, have your glasses on your head properly. Sounds like 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 little children things. Like close your coat, right? Yes. Get ready for davening. You are standing in front of Hashem, literally. Now, in Sivkot and Tess, he tells us the Achreinim give a different approach, different answer than the Ramah in regards to the spitting issue. And he says like this, that earlier in Simon Gimel, in chapter 3, we learned that in the old days, when they were a higher madrega, a higher level, they, when the person would have to go to relieve himself, to go to the bathroom, he would request the malachim, the angels who were accompanying the person, to stay outside of the bathroom. As he says over here, they give a simple answer. At the time of the person is spitting, the shechina goes away. We don't have to come on to the fact of the ten tefachim, that the shechina doesn't go down all the way down. He, he says, the achreinim say, that if a person has to spit, so then Hashem is not going to stay there, right? Hashem's presence is not going to stay there. Hashem understands that He created us and we have limitations and, and we have to get rid of phlegm. Just like in Simon Gimel, when the Malachim would stay out when the person would go into the bathroom. That's where you go after the right or left of the person. In Simon, he's coming to answer the Machloikis that in by us we're saying spit to the left and then and then when you take your steps back we say take face toward the left first. But in Simon Kufchav Gimel, the Ayre Bishtach Avosh Mishtach Vesayv Tvilu Hashchina Al Kein Azlinu Basi Mindi Hashchina. We're talking about when you're bowing towards Hashem's presence because Hashem's presence is there. Because there's no reason why Hashem's presence shouldn't be there. So then you're bowing to your left, which is Hashem's right. That that's 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 how he's answering over here. That the Achreinim suggest a different approach than the Rama. That when it comes to spitting. So, just like by the Malachim, go away from that humanly, we'll call it low issue that we have to do, humbling of a way of life. So, so too, by the removing of the phlegm as well. But when it comes to um, the taking steps back, so Hashem's presence is there. That's why our left is Hashem's right. We bow down to left first. Now, the Mishnah concludes here, you have to bow down to left first.
And when you're bowing, you're bowing towards Hashem's presence, which is above ten fachim from the ground, because as we had mentioned, it did not go below ten fachim. Fine. We're not going to review that more because we, I believe, we covered that enough. We're going to go on to another topic, and the next topic is as follows: It wasn't just the Mitzrayim that they had lice. So why are we talking Mitzrayim now? It's not with Parsha Shir? We're talking Mishnah here. Because the next halacha tells us as follows. In those days, when hygiene was not as what we have today, lice was very common. Yeah. It's very common. And if there was a louse, which is the singular of lice, okay, if there was a louse on you, so and it bit you, what do you do in the middle of davening? That is the topic of discussion here. Another thing to appreciate that we don't have to deal with in this generation for the most part, right? Another thing to be thankful for. <laughs> if a louse bites you, so you shake your garment where you feel that bite's coming from, and you get rid of it like that. So that it will not, it will not um, ruin the rest of your kavan, of your davening. But don't take your hands and move it directly during Shemun Esrei. And we'll discuss why not. Says the Ramah, Vidafka Bishas at Fila, specifically during Fila, Avashloi Bishas at Fila, but if it's not during Davening Shvan Esrei, Yochalitol, Kino, Ulazarka, Bebesek Nessus. If you're not Davening Shvan Esrei, and it's a different time of Davening, Avashloi Bishas at Fila, you need to get rid of the louse, you are permitted to take it off and, and throw it away, Ulazarka, Bebesek Nessus, even in the Shul. Then he tells us, take a look early in Simon Dalid, that will tell us if you did touch the louse, go wash your hands. Says the Mishnah on the bottom of the page, on the bright column, Sif Kotn Yud Aleph, number 11. Vim Avar Unatlo, if you did transgress, if you will, and you took it off when you should not have, Yeshav Shev Biyodeh Bekoyisa, wipe your hands on the wall. If you're not next to the wall, don't walk over to the wall. Or on your pants and something else, because you should not have touched it. As is discussed in Simon Dalid. Now we're in chapter 97, so we're doing a little Chazar review from chapter 4 now, okay, which we discussed over there. The Hanagea Bikin, one who touches a louse, Tsarich Litol Yodov, Bimayim, Ipne Ruach Rash, or he has to wash his hands with water, just like you do in the morning, because of the Ruach Ra, this evil spirit that rests on the hands from touching this louse. Even more so, if it's before davening, you should make sure to, of course, wash your hands, as we learned already, before davening. So Siv Gimel is discussing the case of the louse. Uh, we did mention yesterday the story with the fly on the person's forehead, um, and they, they, they made a coin about him, um, and this is this is all to create our our imagery of the reality that we are standing in front of Hakadosh Baruch Hu, and we should make sure to have the proper kavana. Siv Dalid the Mechaber says, Im nishmat im nishmat talisoi mimekoymoi. You're davening Shmaina Esra, and your talis starts slipping down. The towel starts slipping down. Now, now, nowadays, by the way, they also make this non-slip talus. 
So at first when they came out, I don't know. I, I think it works pretty well for me. I don't know. But, uh, but uh, so, so um, if your talus starts slipping, you can try to grab it and pull it back. Okay? You're diving in Shema way. Sometimes you bow especially. So, it, you know, there's gravity, right? So it's possible on this side it'll start slipping down. So you can bring it back and fix it. You could you could do that. Aval imnafal kuloi ain't a yoch lagzer ain't a yoch lagzer lezadiv boy davi hefsek. But if the whole thing falls off, you cannot pick it up and put it back on because that putting it back on is a hefsek, is an interruption. So it might be disturbing to you that your toss is on the floor. But what did we learn halacha yesterday? That if a chas shalom a sefer falls down, even if it's a chumash. You're Dami Shimon Esri now. Now, if you can't continue because your concentration is being so effective because you see the sitter or the chumash on the floor, so you can go pick it up and then continue Dami. So here we're saying, initially, don't go pick up the talus and put it back on because that's a hefsek, it's an interruption of your Dami Shimon Esri. Explains the Mishnah of Sifkot and Gimel. Yochol l'mash mesh. In regards to the case, if your, <coughs> if your talus is falling off, then you can bring it back up. And he says, I feel enough aruba. Even if the majority of it fell off, you can still, you can still <coughs> uh, fix it. He brings from the article Shulchan, what happens if your tefillin become a little loose? They're not so tight on you. He says, Let's say a tefillin shiroish, it needs to be a little tightened. He didn't discuss the film Shalya because his Svara, the logic is he says it's not so it's not such a recognizable uh, act. Shayna Hesak Nikr You just fix it quickly. The question you have to ask is what happens if you're Shalyad? Sometimes you you, you feel like, uh oh, it's not by your bicep anymore, it's down by your elbow, which is a major problem. Okay. You have to know. I, I don't want to say something right now, but you have to know because you definitely have to fix it after Shmonestray. Okay, definitely after Shmonestray, that's for sure. But now, to, to take your sleeve off, because if you have a jacket on, to roll up your sleeve, and this, if you're able to do it in a way that, that it doesn't take too long, then I would definitely say to fix it. But so most people, if they're wearing a jacket, they have the, the sleeve covered up with the jacket. That's a whole geschäft, that's a whole what to do. So that you should take care of after you're diving. Now, he says over here, your talus fell off. I feel Even if it's still in your hand, Even if the whole talus fell off and you caught it, what should you do? Put it on the table in front of you. Don't put it back on. And after diving, you'll put it back on. After diving, you should see. He says over here, you can't put it back on. What happens if you lost yourself and by by instinct the talus fell, you caught it, and you put it back on when you shouldn't have, but you did it. Where do you continue from now? Which bracha do you continue from now? So he says here that you don't have to continue from, go back to the beginning of the bracha you just continue from where you left off and you continue now when you finish your davening this is very important now 
when you finish your davening, take your talus, take your tzitzis, move it around a little, and make a new bracha. You have to make a new bracha, he says here. There's a whole discussion if you if if, um, if you're wearing a talus katam, which we should be wearing. He says here in the dirshu note, ulam kemen shekulam regilam ispalam talus. Since we all who wear talus wear it all the time, and he's embarrassed to continue davening, maybe with in city without a talus. So Rosham Zalman says she kishenafla talisa beis atfilo ein mevarchim. So Rishon Zaman says like this, when you put on your talis, it's very important, it's best to have this in mind, but even if you didn't have it in mind, he says, when you put on your talus, what's your intention? To wear your talus for how long? Until diving is over. Right? So, if it, since that's your intention, says the Shlomo Zalman, he suggests not to make a new bracha. He says, don't make a new bracha after davening. Okay? And similar to, unfortunately, sometimes the person's tefillin is supposed to be over here. And sometimes it gets a little loose, and before you know it, it's like over here. Right? So, there is a halacha discussion about making a new bracha if you have put it back because you, you, you didn't intend to go over here, right? So it's like you took it off. And you were Messiah Das, like you took your mind off of it. But he's saying also that when we learn Hilchus Tfil in Simon Chafei, in Sif Katan Mem, in the film, that Afilu im Nishmetu at Filun Beis at Filo, that if your Tfil moved away when you were wearing it, Beis at Filo, you're not making a new bracha. Because it's like you took it off with intention to put it right back on. So he wants to suggest the same thing here as well. If your talus would fall off and you did put it back on, you should not make a new bracha. That's the Shlomo Zalman. Now let's just finish over here this simon with another few lines where he discusses a case which I find it interesting. I don't know what language Brill is. Beis Reishir Lamid. I don't know if it's Polish, I don't know if it's Russian. But he says, if you have your Mishkafayim, your glasses, he suggests... He says it by elderly people. I've been wearing glasses since I'm fourth grade. But maybe in those days, only older people wore glasses. So he says, if when they bow down and the glasses would, would shift around in their face, get the little string. Put that string on your face. So this way, any way possible to avoid a distraction in the Shemona Esrei, we want to make sure when you dive in the Shemona Esrei, you have as much kavan as possible and there are no disturbances. It goes without saying which, of course, when the people say that, they say it anyway, right? That there's no talking during davening. And when you finish your davening, so then the person sitting next to you, and he's still davening, the Sefer Mikdash Ma'at says that if, if someone starts talking when he's still davening, Hashem says, you're ruining his kavana. You had a lot of kavana. You know what I do to Yushma Nesri? I rip it up and throw it back down. That's what Hashem says. The Sefer Mikdash Ma'at brings us down. You talk during davening and disturb someone else's davening, it's ripped up. Your davening is nothing. Why? Because you're disturbing his davening. Now, of course, that doesn't happen, though. Baruch Hashem. No one talks during davening. Let me just want to finish the last thing. We'll take a question. One second. Davi Hefsik um, in Sivkot in Tez Zayin 
Aval inofal kuloi ain't the yochel. He says here that he has gets interruption to put it back on. Imloishu torah al dezav ain't yochel lechavin lechavin. He'll be shenek as she sang a bracha. Now, if you're very uncomfortable that you're not wearing your talis, you just you just you just like you can't have kavana because you're not wearing it. Finish the bracha and then put it back on. That's what he says to do. Last halacha here. A noisy masa. A person is carrying a package on his shoulder. And it's the time to daven. Shemun Esrei, if it's the size of four cabin, then you should put it over your shoulder. Then mafshilo la'achayv mispalim you daven. If it's four, if it's uh, if it's less than four cabin, you put it over your shoulder and you daven. If it's the size of four cabin, then then you have to put it on the ground and daven because it's already too big and going to mivatel your kavana. And that was Simon Sadizayin. Mr. Shem, next Simon, next week is Simon Sadiches. Very important Simon. In fact, the place can say to review the next Simon on a regular basis, which is Tzorich Shieloi Kavana Bet Talking about how you have to have Kavana in your davening. Shmona Esrei.